welcome to the Beers of Bands podcast with your host, Michael Torres. Do you have, does anyone have any questions before we get started? Not questions, but I don't know. You don't if, have their beverage? Oh, yes. A bed? Yeah, I have mine. I got a special one. If you will. Right. Yes, sir. Nice. I, was, I listened to like four or five different episodes and i don't know if you're just thrilled with all the bands you interview or if that's just like the podcast guy and you come out but it's like it's not just oh you're a band talk about it it's it's very like and i'm not trying to set this up as as everyone should have high expectations but it's like you do a very good job of going past just like oh what does this mean what is this about um so i'm very excited and i was looking forward to this and i know that um i think we all are i could probably say that right yeah, for sure. All right, nice. Definitely. Uh, to bounce off of that, is it's probably a little bit of both. Um, n- like everyone that I have on is, is like, I mean, like I emailed you guys. I found the song on like a a playlist, and it's that's how all my episodes are. Is like I f- try and find bands that like I actually enjoy listening to, um, mainly because like helps pump it up and then yeah once once uh once we get rolling then i i feel like the podcast version of like hey man like and subscribe type shit uh just comes out out of nowhere um and then nice. uh just kind of adds to it but I'm, I'm stoked that you guys are stoked uh hopefully i don't let you down uh for this um but uh you know other than that we'll uh we'll crack these these beverages i'll do the little intro and then bring the three of you in Ooh. all right cool everyone wants to get locked and loaded here all right in three wait, wait, wait. Two. Oh. I gotta, wait oh come on michael okay sorry i gotta get my finger under it all right we're good, we're good. all right in three two one and yet i ask myself those questions every time like when the wheels fall off do you feel self-unwind What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Beers of Bands. Uh, this week, I'm sitting down with the band Camp Green Lake. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Fantastic. Very good. Uh, for people that might not know, Camp Green Lake is an emo, Midwest emo band from Tallahassee-ish. Um, I know, uh, you know, originally Tallahassee, there's been some movement going on. Um, but before we get into, you know, all the nitty gritty... Can you kind of go around and just say who you are and what you do in Camp Green Lake? Yes, I'll start. Okay. Nice. Oh, okay. Delay got me there. Yeah. Well, I, let's I, just do it at the same time. Okay. Three, yeah, yeah. Two, one. My name's Ken. No? Okay. My name's Ken, and I play guitar and sing, and I did some drum machine stuff on the album, too um and i'm in nashville tennessee right now i'm michael i play guitar um i'm in denver right now i'm tiffany i play guitar and sometimes i'll sing harmony with kent uh and i'm in tallahassee florida uh 
I mean, I got to say, when I sent that email and you were like, yeah, we'll try and coordinate it. We're in three different time zones. Uh, I was like, this will be a fun challenge. Um, I think I've only had one other band on where they had one, like, they were an East Coast band, but their one, like, drummer lived in California. You know, pandemic, people moving around. Nice. Yeah. That happened. Uh, that that was, the I think, the craziest uh, lineup distances that I had seen at that point. But, you know, yours, three different time zones. This is... I appreciate you all for taking the time or making the time uh, to make this work. Um, now, yeah, I know, for sure. I know uh, Camp Green Lake, for me, I don't know a whole lot. Uh, you know, you guys, uh, from what I saw, de- uh, I was looking at a lot of different stuff. Today. Demos came out in like 2017, 2018. Uh, first EP came out in like 2019. And that was uh, Rock Band Culture, which we see a couple of those tracks on the new album. Um, but kind of take me back to like a little bit of history of Camp Green. Like what was the, the initial like start and like, how did you get to kind of where you guys are now with the three of you? You want to start Kent? You want me to start? Um, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. So something that not a lot of people know about Camp Green Lake is that we are a Craigslist band. Yeah. which is hard to believe, but maybe not too hard to believe. Yeah. Really <laughs> stuff, but, um, it's so more common it was thing. Michael. Uh-huh. Michael who made the ad. And I don't remember what he said, but I found it with my friend Zach. And we were just like, yo, this guy likes the same stuff as us. You got to hit him up. Like, let's try to start something. So... Yeah, and then Michael, what was your what was your reaction to two people you didn't know at all, you know, emailing right. you? Um, from my perspective, I was a sophomore in college, and I was very desperate to do something musical. And uh, the only place that I knew that had other musicians, or at least people that wanted to do stuff together, was Craigslist. And I tried to find the ad, but I couldn't find it because it deletes after some time. But I know I was like if you play music and you like the bands you blew it pity sex and some other band that was like similar emo-esque i was like just just hit me up because i'll do whatever um so i went over to zach's our old bassist house with kent um kent was already there and i was playing drums at the time because it was like i just wanted to do something music related but i didn't really care what my role was it was just kind of getting my foot in and i remember walking in and they had some owen album playing on repeat and i was like dang that's that's pretty niche and then from then it was like okay these people make sense like and it was a it was a duplex too so i had to put washcloths on all the drums and like mute the cymbals and stuff and it sounded really bad at least on my end because i i was living in a third story of an apartment so i brought like a floor tom a snare and i think a ride symbol or something like that and so it was super super jank um but then from there we just kind of made music um got some other people involved and then there was another band tallahassee uh local legends called junior college honor Royal, yeah, royalty. who royalty who we did the split with that was the 2018 split with juco and tiff was their guitarist slash singer um and then just from people moving, um, bands evolving, whatnot. Um, Tiff came aboard. Um, do you remember what 
how we got you in? Yeah, <clears throat> vaguely. So like junior college honor roll was playing a lot of shows with Camp Green Lake. So I got to know them pretty well. Um, and at one point, junior college honor roll was breaking up. And I think at the same time, like uh, Ken's friend Zach was the original basis for Camp Green Lake. So I actually think I originally entered, like, I think he was moving or something. So I was the yeah. bass player at first. And then Zach, like, came back for a show. And they were like, just play guitar. And then we had three guitar players. And we we're like, that's something. Um, and then they just didn't put me back on bass. They got another bass player. Um, but now that's how we got the three guitars. So Dude, I forgot about that. Yeah. That Zach yeah. came back for, like, an episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's just the three of us. And then we've had yeah. people come play bass and drums, but it was really like off and on because we've been moving. Um, the pandemic was about that time. It was like maybe a year, a year and a half after Tiffany was like full guitar. So we yeah. played some shows. And then um, for our last few shows in Tallahassee and on the record, we had our friends Phil and Andre um, fill in and they absolutely crushed it. But I think for the major writing process and like song structure and stuff, it was mainly us three. So we're the band, yeah. I guess you could say. Um, well, I want to start off with, you know, the power of Craigslist uh, helps a lot of people. Uh, it's it's crazy the amount of people that have, one, have formed bands and had it work through Craigslist, but also like had them work enough where like they're still like on good terms and friends rather than just like, oh, no, like that's just someone that I play music with. Um, like my two of my closest friends here in the Twin Cities, they met to join a band because they both answered a, a Craigslist ad. Um, they became really good friends. They're like best friends. They ended up, they actually, not knowing it ahead of time, they actually had like the same last name. So they just went ahead and told everyone in the scene that they were just brothers, uh, which is really funny because nice. they kind of look the same. Uh, they're not brothers. They're, for anyone wondering, um, born hours apart. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, I don't feel like a lot of people have that Craigslist option anymore. Um, like most people, it's just, I don't even know how the kids are forming bands nowadays. Uh, I just know, I just remember the Craigslist days of everyone trying that and, you know, having it work. Um, but that's then also the nice thing about, uh, you know, the scene where you become friends with other bands and then, you know, you have like junior college, uh, junior college varsity. Is that, is that right? But where you're able to build those those relationships and then, you know, able to, as bands kind of grow and evolve and move on, you always, it's always kind of interesting to see who gets kind of like dissected and then added to like another band to keep forming and, and keep going in the scene. Um, and then obviously, you know, like you mentioned, you start, you start leaving and then you put out rock band culture in in 2019 which i mean is a great i think it's like six song ep and then now in 2023 you guys are putting out uh locale which is you know kind of funny because now you're all spread out and i think there was a post that said you know you spent the last four years writing rewriting recording and re-recording this album i know we we're kind of getting into it uh, a little bit before the episode started but like one what was this like process especially with being so far apart i think michael you had mentioned when you went to chicago that was the first time you had really seen each other in person also to 
and you're also there to kind of work on these songs like take me through this little process yeah so i guess i can start and then we can all just chime in whenever um so a lot of these songs they were more or less demos and i was looking back at old pictures whenever we were um, making posts for this album and it was like probably right after rock band culture um, a lot of the ways that i would write songs is i would do drum machine on my computer write scratch guitar send to the group or send to kent and then he would like do some guitar part over it and then tiff would fill it in and then we would write bass together and then lyrics and then eventually just evolve from there so most of the songs i would say like 2019 2020 to the point where we had done rock band culture and we were like yep that was an experience um we have these songs we know that people are graduating people are going to move away um, do we want to have some not final release but just like a culmination of what we've been doing all these years so i forget if we tried to do scratch tracks first and then do you remember how we got in touch with lawn with recording stuff i want to say that we have these scratch sure tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah i want to say that lawn like came to enough shows or something like that like didn't mom reach out to us i think yes. or something yeah yeah, yeah. So, um, Lon Bashiri, do you know what they're, um, I'm blanking on the studio right yeah, now. KOTP? Yeah, KOTP. Um, Lon does recording and mixing and mastering there. Um, so I think they reached out to us or maybe we reached out to them. We were like, hey, we have these songs. Um, they had done really good work with Pool Kids and with our friends, um, uh, uh, Edgar, Elijah, her new knife. Um, and uh, Lon's just super, super good um, at that whole process and making you feel comfortable. So we reached out to them and then they eventually took us on um, and we met up, we kind of workshopped these songs. And I think we had them all pretty much recorded like 2021, early 2021. When did you move? I think so, yeah. I know we had them like maybe a like uh, three quarters of the way done when I moved. Something like that. I remember I had to come back down at some point. I made the drive down and I had I had to do vocals for like two or three more songs. And of course I got sick. Like the old, the one weekend that I come back down to Tallahassee, like the, the eight hour drive. So uh, you know, there's a song on the album where I'm pretty pretty obviously sick. But um yeah, we just we went in with a bunch of like just a collection of scratch tracks, basically like some that Michael had put together, some that I brought that I just like threw together in FL Studio, just like with a bunch of random, horrible sounding percussion, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of just the way the Camp Green Lake has always operated. Just you know, everybody brings something or sits down with somebody else's track and just says like okay what can i add here you know that'll sound cool like it's just you know adding your layer to what somebody else brings to the table it's just kind of how we've always done it and um i think it worked out pretty well like even with the how long it took we just uh you know we we managed to like pull it all, pull it all together into something hopefully cohesive i hope it you know came through like that but it's a lot of fun so we had finished it, I think, in like 2021-ish. Um, and Kent had already moved away. And then it was Tiff and I, me and Tiff, in yeah. Tallahassee. 
and then I got married and Tiff and her partner Chris played guitar at my wedding which was sick and Kent was a, a groomsman which was sick um, so I guess that was the first time that we had been together post the move so it was like oh this is pretty cool um, and in the background we had these songs that we weren't entirely sure if we wanted to put out because it was like we're everywhere now is there a purpose like do people care about us? Did people ever care about us? I don't know. Um, so just like for our sake, um, they were pretty much put together and it was nice to, to look back and listen to. And then something, some event happened or something clicked and we were like, hey, we should put these out. Like we should get this mix and mastered somewhere because we just had the raw files. And I don't really remember where that started. I, was it Bobby Kid that had recommended Brock or like something like that? Yeah. So Brock from Friends of Friends, who's now based in Chicago, they were in Jacksonville and they worked on um, some Bobby Kid stuff that we absolutely loved. And so um, Anna from Bobby Kid recommended that we reach out to Brock, who um, again, in Chicago, but at this point we're all in our separate states. So it's like, why don't we just make it a destination because i'd never been to chicago and i don't think you guys had i had not yeah i had never been. once oh yeah for the um uh joy de vivre show yeah i don't know how to pronounce it don't yeah, ask me yeah. something like that um so yeah, yeah. Went, to, went to chicago met up um and then that was the last time i think right yep yeah so then we've just been self-promoing and self-figuring out how to work this album but the whole recording process and then not really hearing the songs in a studio space for like two three years it was kind of crazy just down and be like oh that is what that sounds like and that part is there and all this stuff did you guys have like a, a moment where you're starting to listen to it again in in the studio and you're just like oh why did why did i do it that way like we we just need to cut this whole section and just read retake it I, I think I felt that way a lot with my specific parts, but I think I also like, I think it was really refreshing to kind of step away and come back to it. Like I typically am some, I get like really like in my head about all of it. Um, so towards the end of the recording process, I think I was the last one to like keep pushing on like, oh, can I like add another layer here? Like, can I do another one there? Um, and then when we went to Chicago, I think I was really concerned. I was like too scared to listen back to the raw files. I was like, oh, like, what am I getting myself into? And I think I expected to feel like it was like really empty in places and things like that. But then when we did sit down and listen to it, I was like, oh, like I did do enough there. And like, I actually feel really good about that. Um, so like most of it, I feel that way about personally, but yeah. Yeah, with three guitars, it's rough because normally, like when we played live, there were so many times where it just sounded like shit. Like it was just so much noise, which at some parts is, is pretty cool. Um, and I know going up to Chicago, I listened to a lot of You Blew It's last album where they had three guitars playing, but at some parts there's one and at some parts there's zero. And it's just um, the way that they play around with how the instruments kind of interact with each other was really cool. And I feel like there are some parts in Locale that are a little bit cluttered, but it has good reason behind it. Like heavier parts yeah. and everyone's just playing. And, and the very beginning of um, Gord, when I think Tiff and, or me and Kent are playing and then Tiff comes in, that's just 
that's my favorite thing that I think I've ever recorded. That sounds so sick. And I always come back to it and I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like other parts of this song kind of suck, but just the beginning of everything coming in and then Kent singing, it's like, that's, that shit slaps. Yeah, I think it all felt a lot more intentional this time around. Um, you know, our, our choices and maybe some stuff we recorded in the past was sort of more spur of the moment, just kind of throwing things together as fast as we could. But yeah, I think that was the, the nicest thing about this time was we all got to have our concerns and ideas heard and we had the time uh, this time to, you know, actually see what Brock thought about our, you know, our ideas and just play around with different settings and, you know, take stuff out, add stuff. It was a lot more just experimentation, which was nice. Uh, one other cool thing you guys did, you know, switching from uh, rock band culture to locale is you repurposed uh, a couple of the songs. You you brought them back. Um, I, I know uh, there's, you know, Kevin Abstract, I think, uh, Gyra Plus, and I think there was one more, uh, but I don't want to, like, fopple around too much. But, like, what was the thought process behind, like, bringing those specific songs back rather than just, like, doing you know, coming up with a couple more songs to add to this new album and make it its own thing. Yeah, on Rock Band Culture, we had brought Myself, Myself um, from an earlier track that Kent and Zach did because we just really liked that song, or at least I really liked that song. And then listening back through Rock Band Culture, the recording, it was very rushed for good reason. And then there wasn't a lot of time spent mixing and mastering. Um, so a lot of those songs I feel like could have been given a little bit more justice if we had the time and the bandwidth. But um, again, at that time, there was just so much going on that we really couldn't put um, the time and energy into it. So I think listening back, we were like, we like how we brought myself, myself back and it sounded pretty good. So what songs, I guess, deserve more justice when it comes to um, getting a better recording? And I know Kevin Abstract, is one that we would play live and I liked playing that and I think that that sounds really pretty in some parts and then Euro Plus um I have no idea why we picked that one I really like that one yeah, maybe okay. I don't like that one but I, like I really song. like that one um and I think it's so nice like I don't know I really enjoy listening to like uh Euro Plus on like rock band culture and then again on locale and you like hear the glow up and you're like oh like we did it. Like, it sounds so good. I don't know. I really enjoy it. So. Credit to Brock, too, for really elevating that. And a lot of his ideas kind of came into that, especially, like, how the song leads in. Like, we, I don't think that was us at all. I think that was all Brock. Yeah, that was also, it was, like, such a surprise. I remember I, like, opened that file, and I was, like, immediately, like, whoa, what is that? But I really like it. I, I think you did a really great job with that. Mm -hmm. And there's so many other parts on that album where the guitars were so grossly out of tune because we have three different people playing at once. And Brock's just like, let me let me give this reverb. Let me change this. Let me just make this quieter. And for the most part, listening back, I kind of forget where the errors were. But there are some times where it's like, OK, that's that's where it was. And it sounds a lot better than what it, it used to. Yeah, Tiffany, to bounce off what you're saying, like, I really loved because I went through and when I listened to everything today, I I started at like the early demos and then worked my way 
to present and kind of went through everything, which early demos, if anyone's listening, also go check those out because they those two songs still slap. Uh, and like I get, you know, rock band culture had that um, like compared to locale, less quality to them. But at the same time, for like an emo band, it, it still it works so well. So obviously go listen to that as well. But I loved listening to like and f- finding like the little, like you said, the glow up between rock band culture to locale and just being like, oh, no, like the kids did it like they they, they achieved it. They, they brought it up a level. And it's it's I mean, I do that same thing with like any band. It's always fun to see that like transition of like this is where we played in our basement. And now this is where we're like recording and taking things seriously, not saying like you guys weren't taking it seriously before. I'm just using that as an example. Uh, don't come for me. But uh, like, I just loved seeing that through, like the listen through today. Yeah, thanks. I have not listened to Gainesville Winters, I think in my entire life. So it's crazy that, that someone has. I, I've heard great things. Um, but I think myself, myself, the songs. oh, okay. All right, yeah, I get it. Ha ha, ha ha. I'm I'm looking uh, at this stuff now. Like I have the pulled, I have the songs pulled up. And what is that album art? Why is it? It's it's like me, you, and Zach. Okay, and so okay, really, like, so Comic Sans, Comic Sans. Yes, that was. I don't know. I don't. I was trying to make something intentionally bad. You know, that was the thing back in the day. Like the shitty album art. That was like the Midwest emo thing to do. Uh-huh. I feel like. I mean kind of still is i guess to some degree yeah but i don't know i don't know what is going on there because that ep shouldn't be on spotify not that i took it down but like i never made the payment to whatever site had it up before so it went away for a while and then some like random person just like uploaded it back i don't know it just reappeared one day and i was like oh okay uh hello again that's it nice we gotta we gotta find out you know how to get our our five dollars or you know our I 60 cents oh yes yeah yeah over that yeah you gotta get it now before like the the pricing changes i think uh that they're gonna be doing you know but that's all, yeah because then it'll story. be zero yeah yeah and then it would just be zero cents so yeah uh i know we were kind of talking earlier uh i think right before tiffany got on is one thing i really also loved about uh the band is the name camp green lake uh i know when i when i first found uh the song and i I sent the email i was like why does camp green lake sound so fucking familiar i couldn't pinpoint it and like you know i had to in my my olden age i had to like google it because i was like what is this like what is camp green lake um and you know everyone else that's watching or listening already already knows it is the camp that Stanley Yelnats goes to in the great book slash movie Holes. Um, I know we were kind of talking earlier, Kit. Like there, there's a story behind why or how uh, y'all decided to come up with or use Camp Green Lake. Um, how did it come about, and like, and and all that fun stuff. Yeah, um, I think can chalk it up to just me and Michael and Zach being extremely indecisive and unable to think of anything that we liked. And we were sending 
we would probably send like lists of five to ten names in the group chat, each of us uh, at a time. And I think we would we were just tired of just uh, having all of our ideas rejected. So we just uh, we just went with something. I mean, I wish I had a better story, but I, I think it was in, in reality, it was just like exhaustion from not having a name and like not being able to agree on anything. The classic issue. Uh, one, if anyone's familiar, oh, well, obviously everyone's familiar, especially at our age, is familiar with holes uh, from yeah. you know, reading the book, watching the movie multiple times. Uh, it's it's you know it's a downright classic. Um, it is. With it, I wanted to pose like another question. Obviously, everyone that's in detent has a nickname. You know, you got zero, you got you got X ray, you got caveman. Um, and I, my question is not to ask each one of you what your name would be in that camp. My question is to your other bandmates. What do you think each other's name would be at camp? Because if you remember, you don't pick your name. Your name is given to you. Uh, fantastic question. Um, slight tangent. We. <laughs> I know you're gonna say this. I knew you're gonna say it as soon as you said uh, it. <laughs> Whenever we first started playing shows and you first are in like a, a local-ish band to where people kind of know who you are, but not really know who you are, um, we had an issue with just not playing shows and then playing a lot of shows all at once. So there was one day where I think that we had like a show Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we weren't <laughs> like we weren't. I wasn't confident enough to be like, oh, Camp Greenlake is playing all these days. And then people are going to be like, oh, we already saw them on Friday. We don't want to see them ever again, but let alone Saturday and Sunday. Um, so we went by the name Detent Boys, whenever it was me, Kent, Zach, um, and our old drummer, Rhett. And it, like, it wasn't funny, and no one understood, and they all were like, why are these people playing again? And I don't think anyone kind of realized. I don't know that. if they even remembered us. No. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> But I know the so. one the one thing that we changed in our set was that I love playing with pedals. And in my DL4, I had the recording of um, uh, Mr. S who What was it that someone said? Uh, maybe it was zero. And he was like, D-I-G spells dig. And it was just that. So then we would play and then we would stop and I would hit that. And then we went into some breakdown. And it went over so poorly <laughs> that we... <laughs> so awful wait that was i thought that was i thought you were doing that intentionally what the timing of those that sample being played that was unintentionally bad so bad oh man the secret is on earth or was yeah. it bad because it was just like no one like cared or like it wasn't well received i think in both ways but like it was i i put the my phone playing that sound bit up to my pickup so it was already very like try oh yeah and then you can't like get it started so it was just like off by a fraction of it just sounded bad it was so off so sorry again, back to your genre, question. you know yeah works. yeah bad is good well maybe at some point if you for the the next release or if you bring any other songs back you can always try and like tuck that into like the actual like uh version you know that's that's an emo thing to do is to use uh good old sound bits we had sure. a that uh tiff was trying to pick from 
this long part and nothing, I think. And then we ended up just not doing it. What was? I was, yeah, I was like very into it. They, these guys don't want to do it, but we were going to do a sound bit. I, is it in nothing? You can like, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I really wanted it. I thought it would have sounded really, really good. And these guys were not on board. But yeah, I tried. We almost had, what was it? We almost had Fuck Camp Green Lake. Oh. You know, that was an idea for a long time. Yeah, we had, um, I think Tiff had like seven or eight. And I had, I don't know who I got mine from, but the idea was to get all these people to say Fuck Camp Green Lake and then have it like at the end of the last song or something to where only the only the true campers would listen all the way through and, <laughs> and realize what was happening. That's our fan base or i don't know phil phil was calling them the lakers so i don't know that's tough to tell yeah they're both good they're both so good i'm so sorry michael you said what nickname what camp name would we give each other that yeah, was, it's about like 30 minutes ago sorry no you're good man i loved i loved every every tangent off of that question uh but yeah if you if you showed up at camp green lake what would uh, your other band members give you as your nickname. So basically, Michael, what would you give either either Kent or Tiffany? Or Tiffany, what would you give Kent or Michael? Kent, Michael, or, or Tiffany? That is so hard. I'm not creative enough for this. One of yeah. you guys say something first. Uh, junior college. Uh, I would give... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, junior college honor roll had a song where... It's... There was a lot of like little riffage, and then someone said, um, "We're never going back to Chattahoochee." Um, and I think that Chattahoochee would be a pretty good um, camp name. Do you agree? For Tiff, that Duke is good. Alumni. That was I. I can't believe you remember that. But yes, I that that was Last very week. clever, Michael. I would say Riffany. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Dear God, that's pretty good. Um, I don't know what to say for the two of you. One of you, one of you, think of something. Maybe Kent is just kin, because it felt like every <laughs> time that he would introduce yeah. himself, it would just be kin. That's um, really. Yeah, good. I don't correct people. <laughs> That's just my name. Yeah. You just bottle it up inside. Yeah, it's 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 all good, you know. Ken Ken's a good name too, you know. Plenty of good Kens out there. You know, thank thanks for the Barbie movie. Like the Kens, you know they're they're doing well in the world. So yeah. I'll join I'll join their team. I like that. I don't know. What I don't Michael know about for Michael doing. though. Yeah. Some spinoff no... of wait, wait, you say Kent? <laughs> Riffany? No, but for Michael, what would you say for Michael? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think of something with pedals, like something off of like shoegaze or like, I don't know. What's a, Kent, what's a pedal that Michael uses a lot? Do you know Michael's uh, pedal board without Michael's input? No. <laughs> That's a good game. So many pedals. Michael has probably has like, like completely changed his pedal board since the last time I've seen I'll it. Say, like some like, sort of snake shedding its skin. It is probably completely different now i'll say like like mr fuzz i feel like michael uses mr. a lot of fuzz is that like 
That's Michael. That's all I yeah. got. I like that. That's nice. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> it's, it's, it, I thought that was going to be a fun question. I knew it was a fun question. Uh, just because, like, I, I could have turned it around and I knew, like, the easy way would just be, like, what would your camp nickname be? But you got to pick, you don't choose your own at Camp Green Lake. No. Know? Um, uh, kind of, I want to bounce off of, uh, I think what Michael said, you know, or maybe it was Kent about adding, uh, fuck Camp Green, like at the very end of the, of the record. Um, I know the, the song you guys are talking about is uh, Slowing, um, which for people that haven't listened to the record yet, it's this amazing, just straight instrumental track that you guys used as basically like a giant outro for the, for the album. Um, there, there is no vocals in it. There's, it's just this intense little journey. Um, I'm really stoked to like, get high and just put on that track and just see like what happens. Um, but that's a whole side. Oh, yeah. Uh, but don't, don't stop. Just let it, let it all go through there. Unfortunately is no fuck camp green, like at the very end, but, uh, it is still an amazing track that everyone should be listening to, to fully round out this album. Um, I mean, in, in total, it's, it's nine tracks, a little over 30 minutes. You, you were not going to be bored with what you're listening to. I had, a great time listening to the entire thing. Thank you. That's very nice. Thank you. Yeah, it was very, very sweet. Thank you. I think that at least we talked about putting the collection together and then we have some demos and some, um, a, a cover of Slowing that Phil did. That's just beautiful. And it's in a hidden Bandcamp album. And I put a secret hyperlink in the, the locale album um, page on Bandcamp. And I guess no one's found it yet. But um, once someone does find that, then we can be sure to put the, the fuck Camp Green Lake compilation up. Well, I know what I'm doing after this. I can Thank assure you. you that it will be so worth it. It will make your day. It will be the best part of the album. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're Absolutely. never going to find the hyperlink. Uh, <laughs> and then it was like some joke that like it's 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 like super deep embedded in it somehow. But, uh, but no, I'm super stoked. Uh, I know, you know, uh, you guys made the post and you all live three different time zones now. You know, it's, it's a little hard to, you know, get together on like a, a Tuesday night to, to practice. Um, but what do you guys anticipate for, for like the future of Camp Green? Like I know it's all up in the air, but with today's day and age, you know, you can still be doing music together from you know, your, your respective homes, but like, what are your guys' ideas so far? I don't know. I'll say I, I was like, I'm like in it for the ride, whatever these guys want to do. They both have much more like intense jobs than I do and schedules and all that. Um, I do know that like one night, please don't be mad at me for saying this, but like one night, Michael was like, that was it no more and then like less than 24 hours later he sent riffs for like five minutes of riffs and i was like okay so whatever they want to do whatever you guys want to say it's just it's so easy because you just tune your little guitar and a little open tuning and then you hit all the notes and then you can play whatever fret and it makes everything sound so good to that i hadn't played guitar in so long and then we finished the album and it was like okay that's pretty much it 
and then I sit down and I have some little SP404 drum machine and you just play along to that and it's like it's so easy to come up with riffs so I would send a few of them back and forth and I've stopped sending them because I could tell that they were getting annoyed but I guess it is really just do we want to make an effort again because sending stuff back and forth especially through the internet is really really easy but it's like are we ever going to be in the same room together again for like a week to where we can just throw stuff Um, so right now at least in my opinion not dead yet but we're (laughs) we're near death um we're on life support yeah 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 exactly okay cool but I have been um, recording some stuff, so maybe one day I'll just send like a, a folder full of like 20 songs and then we'll pick and choose. But as of now, I think we would like to get together and at least have an album release show or something to kind of signify, oh, we did this. But I don't know when that's going to be. I also don't know where that would be. <laughs> yeah. And had an idea whenever we were doing Rock Band Culture. I think it was just to like play a show in Athens or someplace like completely random where no one's going to show up but be like this is Hattiesburg, the Hattiesburg yeah, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. Hattiesburg. Uh, I we mean can't. I totally understand RIP. <laughs> I totally understand the you know the the thought of like we want to keep doing it but at the same time it, it's super difficult I know I have friends that um that I used to tour with that one of the members moved to California. Everyone else was kind of throughout, but it was always mainly two people. Uh, but one guy moved to California, one guy's still kind of back home um, doing his thing. Um, and I know they, that band was a big part of their lives. They want to keep doing stuff with it. But at the same time, it's like, how is it feasible? How do we make this work? But like I was telling him, like, you know, just even if you guys just do stuff and like put it out randomly just like oh here's here's we're gonna slide in a single or whatever but that's also me just like loving loving those two and loving what they do and 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 stuff like that but also you know you guys just released this at the beginning of october uh you know it's been out at the time that this episode comes out it's been out for a little over two months i feel like it's i mean it's it i found it on on a playlist I know it's been on like I think the sad jams playlist is it's I see it popping up um and I just hope that more people find it to to hopefully encourage the three of you to keep you know working on songs and maybe putting out some more uh more gems in the future thank you shout out to everybody putting us putting us on playlists like we appreciate that I know that's like such a big thing now online um I know like I think back before I used to find everything on YouTube, but it seems like a lot of kids nowadays, they, you know, they're really big into these playlists, especially on Spotify. So yeah, we see that. And yeah, we appreciate that. Everybody who curates those. Yeah. Whenever there was a, a lull in the band, maybe like probably a little bit before COVID, but nothing was really happening and like we hadn't put out anything. So it was just kind of like, okay, we exist, but we're just, we're nothing past that. And then um, this guy, Chris DeVito, put us on a YouTube compilation that was like sad in sad Midwest emo songs to do something to. And it was like it had two or three of our songs. And one of ours was like the opening song. And I always scroll through the YouTube comments and it's like, oh, this this is so awesome. This is so cool. 
Um, so massive shout out to him if he ends up listening because he kind of kickstarted like, oh, people do care. You just have to be put in the right context. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially nowadays, like context is is everything. I also love finding those that style of like uh, YouTube videos where it's just like emo jams to do whatever to. Where it's just it. it I think one I listened to had you know a bunch of free throw and stuff like that on it, but I think it was just pictures of like houses in the Midwest, and it just like hit so well. I was like, man, this is. I feel it just like added the more emotion to everything. But um, there's a lot of good ones of those out. But kind of like what Kent, you were saying, like, yeah, nowadays you have to be, that's how everyone's finding everything is, is off playlist. That's, I mean, that's how I've kind of shifted um, with everyone that I find to have on the podcast is, is, is playlist where well, like 10 years ago, uh, me finding music was literally doing the same thing you're saying. I would go through YouTube, find music videos, find what's, what's similar, go through yeah. those. I mean. That's how I found like Seaway, Neck Deep, like Old Gray, um, I think uh, Have Mercy, like all those bands uh, through doing stuff like that. And it's just so crazy to see how much things have changed where people have shifted away from like you do music videos and all that. It's just playlist, playlist, playlist is, is the, the in thing now. Yeah, and especially with, with Bandcamp, you know, it's tough to say, but RIP maybe Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, that used to be like my other go-to, like just going through like the emo tag on Bandcamp, and I'm I'm worried that that might not be uh, an option too much uh, longer. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, fingers crossed. You know, uh, they. I mean, Twitter was supposed to die like a year ago. It's still it's still doing something. Yeah, uh, it's it's still terrible, but uh, it's doing something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I know we've kind of talked about, uh, you know, rock a little bit about rock band culture. We talked about locale. Uh, we talked about some of the songs on there specifically. Um, but before we kind of transition, is there anything that I might have not brought up about either Camp Green Lake, locale, or anything else that you want the people to fully know? I think you knocked it out of the park. I think that we talked about it before, but you go so in depth with all these bands. And I was like, I told Julie, my wife, before coming upstairs, I was like, I'm going to know if he actually likes us or if it's just like podcast filler. And maybe I'm reading this wrong and you can tell me if you want to, but it seems like you actually somewhat can tolerate our music. And I really appreciate that and appreciate you um, going in, in depth with these questions because it's really, it's nice to talk about these things. I, I appreciate those that those words so much. Uh, you know, I'm just a dude that does this, and people spend their time with me for whatever reason or listen for whatever reason. But I like I like we I kind of said earlier, like I truly enjoy everyone's music that I have on the podcast, um, and I can definitely tolerate Cam Green Lake uh, locale for as much time as I want to. Um, it, it's it's definitely it. it like I can't stress this enough. This is a great um, LP. Um, it's got a little bit of everything for everyone, depending on what spectrum of, of the emo scene you're on. Um, you know, roundabout. You know, in, in itself, it's an emo album. There are a couple more um, like angstier Midwest emo songs on there. There's a little bit of like twinkliness for you know the fifth wave uh, emo people. Um, but all in all, like I've loved listening to it. I'm super stoked that we were able to talk about it 
and I hope everyone that's listening goes and follows and listens to it and uh, convinces the three of you to keep going. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, before I do transition, if, if anyone is, you know, listening to this episode, and they're like, okay, I need to go listen to this album right away after this episode's done, or, or you pause the episode, to go listen to it and come back. But from each one of you, like, what would be your go to song off this album? I really like Gord. I think the the guitar part in the beginning is really, really nice. And I think it kind of transitions really well. Um, so that's my pick. But for some reason, everyone who's like, oh, Kemp Greenlake, like this is the band. They always put on Coffee Cup, which is like the furthest away from the rest yeah, of the album. Yeah, that's, that's like a total departure from everything else on there. So I'm going to say not Coffee Cup as my answer, but I like Gord. I really like um amphetamines and me and and nothing how those turned out um we hadn't really done anything that heavy before and definitely nothing with like screams or anything and i think that michael and tiff just really knocked it out of the park you know with their respective parts on those songs and i think that was i think that, like one of the spots where all of us collaborating like went the most fluidly i guess like you could i think it just it all came together on those i really like there's like i feel like we're just naming all of the things but i kind of switch back and forth between family face and euro plus i really really like euro plus i think again especially that like glow up moment and like oh we like sat on it for so long and it like sounds so good now and i feel really proud of that um but also like it, it's like like on my way to work I listen to Euro Plus but when I'm driving home at the end of the day and I'm kind of widening down more I listen to Family Face I think that that's a really good one I think Kent did good um but yeah I I really like both of those I mean they're all solid I I, I do have to agree with Kent uh that amphetamines and me and nothing are probably like my top contenders uh you know followed by i think probably gord in in a close third um mainly because i really do my favorite my favorite version of emo is you know that angsty screamy version and i really enjoyed you know getting to that part portion of the the album and then those those parts hit in like infantomies in me and i wasn't expecting it to hit and i was like oh fuck yeah like I, i'm hooked and then you know nothing follows it up very well and then obviously like i mentioned earlier slowing just takes it on you know this nice ride to kind of send off the album um but i mean either way listen to the whole thing you need to do it in a sitting and uh just enjoy it thank you yeah thank, thank you. you um but now before we transition this is obviously beers with bands um, you don't have to be drinking on these episodes because I would definitely do that for you. But I know the three of you have some beverages in front of you on this fine uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Huh. It's Wednesday, my dudes. Um, but uh, what are you drinking on this fine Wednesday? I have a. I said I went to the liquor store and I was looking for a fun beer, and this the brewing company is called Four Noses. And I, when we cracked, I said that it was awful, and I doubled down. This is so bad. <laughs> 
but when I'm not talking, I don't have anything else to do. So I'm just kind of drinking on the side. Um, yeah, the color is cool. I think it's maroonish, which is why I got it. But yeah, I don't recommend. It's really bad. Um, so I have, unfortunately, a dental procedure tomorrow. So I am drinking a non-alcoholic beer today. This is Athletic Brewing's Free Wave Easy IPA. But unlike Michael's, it's actually very good, very refreshing, and just goes to show you, you know, good beer doesn't have to have alcohol in it. It's true. Nice. Well, I broke the rules a little bit. I'm not drinking beer. I'm drinking cider. Wow. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm not really a beer drinker, but I am a cider gal. I think I say it's called recorder league that's how i say it this is one of my go-to's um it is strawberry lime it is a premium swedish hard cider um and it tastes like a strawberry soda and i love that it's very sweet if you don't like sweet don't drink this but man if you like don't really enjoy the taste of alcohol or anything bitter then this is what you want so that's what i got did I see that yeah, you I had a? That's really good. Uh, Michael, did you have a Kona? Is that what I saw? Yeah. The label? Yep. So uh, for the opening crack, you know, I had a good old Kona Big Wave. Um, I, I had like I, I had some that I bought for like a previous episode, and then I somehow ended up with more in my fridge that I didn't buy. Mystery. Um, so you know, got to start with an open crack. Can't really do that with the the bottles I'm drinking today, uh, because my main beer that I drank for these episodes, hey, you know. Again, didn't buy these. They ended up in my fridge. It happens. Uh, but I got a good old Dos Equis, you know, uh, that oh. most interesting man in the world that disappeared. Uh, but, you know. Nice. Yeah. Uh, normally these episodes, like 95% of the episodes, um, are PBR. But I've been trying to, like, put myself into this new track where Spears of Fans, I don't need to drink PBR every episode. Uh, so I've been trying to mix it up. Uh I think you guys are like episode six of me mixing it up. And I I think if anyone's made it this far in this run of episodes, I've every episode has been kind of different. Uh, so that's sticking to it. Nice. Um, like I did. Say, yeah, we sorry, go ahead. We've all had our share of PBR exhaustion, you know, <laughs> from drink tickets, um, multiple venues. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with, you know, switching it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and then it, it's crazy with PBR exhaustion because you'll get tired of it and then you still go to like the next show and you're like, it is the cheapest thing. I should probably just do that again. It's good. It's, it, it's, yeah. it's nice whenever you play a show whenever you're 21 and they're like, oh, you can have two free PBRs and you're like, oh my God, this is heaven. And then you make like, seven bucks and you're like i can buy two more yeah. pbrs this is <laughs> uh the the venue back home that i book shows at every once in a while um if you whether you were the promoter or you were the band playing you got dollar drinks or like you got like a, a per, like a reduction and but normally we would just get like you know tap beer and because it was pbr anyways but they would be dollar drafts and i remember the first time i booked a show like i was like here's my card I'm going to start a tab and he's like, cool. And I was like, 
take a PBR. So he pours it, going through the show. I probably, you know, beer beer of band. I probably had like four or five by the time like the show's starting to get done. I'm like, I will like to close up my tab. And he's like, well, you're at $5. It's a $10 minimum. And I'm like, what? Uh, So I just, I just started going up to people like my friends and I'm like, do you need a beer? Do you need a beer? Do you need to like, I need to, I need five more dollars. Just someone take a beer. You're a king. (laughs) Yeah. You're such a nice person. That like tells me everything I want to know about you. Like, I would love to like hang out. That's so nice of you. (laughs) And then fast forward like three years, uh, I didn't become a dick, but what I did was I, I looked at the system and I got there before a show, like right in that sweet spot where like happy hour is still going on. And I was like, okay, a tall boy PBR is still four bucks, or I can spend five and get a pitcher of beer for myself. <laughs> Did that one. And then just walked around the entire show with a full pitcher of beer. It was I great. Yes. Economical. <laughs> it's in this economy, you gotta be say you gotta be saving the dollars, you know? Dude, amen. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh but that is the little beer segment. Now we're going to get to my favorite part of the episode. Uh, I didn't mention this before the episode started, like I normally do in my opening episode rant. Uh, but this is where we kind of talk about some fun stories from you guys' time of music. Obviously, y'all have been playing music for quite a while. You've, I, I know you've gotten, gone uh, on at least one tour with, uh, with Camp Green Lake. And then you guys have also spent time recording. Um, they can be stories from any any of those. Uh, like I normally say, they can be anything horrendous or tremendous or any adjective in between. The way I like to think about it is think about the stories you always reminisce about with your friends. Those are usually the best stories that I love to hear because those are usually the craziest or just most random. I was listening to, I think your Pale Lungs episode and I was like, oh, this is a cool segment. Um, it's mainly on tour though so i hope he doesn't say like only on tour for everything and i listen to more episodes and it's like mainly on tour and so i i messaged ken tiff and i was like we're not gonna have any stories like there's there's nothing to talk about um so i tried to think of things and the only thing that i could think of from the short little summer or spring break um eight show tour whatever is that the day before we got back we were in some city in georgia and we went to a zoo but a hurricane had just like hit this suit but for some reason they were still open and you still paid full price for tickets so like nothing changed except it looked like all the enclosure had fallen in and the animals went away and i think that i was just i was in the worst mood imaginable and i'm pretty sure that everyone else can say that that's true because i just i don't like zoos too much to begin with but just seeing nothing there and just having to walk around and having everyone else like thrilled to be at that place i was like i can't handle this anymore and it was just awful for me um that's the one story that i could think of but if i could say one not on tour whenever we first started playing shows it was mainly to like college kids and like we played one semi-frat house and some guy came up to us afterwards and he was like dang you guys are so good you know who you remind me of like it was a guessing game and i was like no who do we remind you of and he goes, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I, and I was like, yeah, dude, you're so right. And then we play some show at like an adult arcade t- 
type of deal and the a same exact type of dude he comes up to us after we play our show and he was like dang you guys sound really good do you know who you sound like and i was waiting to hear like the greatest answer of all time and so i i was i sat down at his table and i was like no who do we sound like and he was like um what do you say he said the apple seed cast he said jets to brazil like older emo band yeah. i think kent was trying to to hone whenever he was writing these first songs and i was like wow this is crazy and then he was like yeah growth there yeah a whole lot of growth um and then he was like yeah i'm visiting my my cousin's family or whatever i'm only in town for one day so it's like the one person that we connected with was gone um, <laughs> so that that was nice it was it was good to see growth like kent said but it's just it's cool to see growing up in a or playing in a college town what you get compared to i think that same like frat show that we played um me and the old bassist zach we like were pretty drunk after the show um and we started playing this game where we were trying to fit as many of the frat's beards as we could into zach's like cargo jacket i think we got up to like 14 somehow throughout all of his clothes we managed to steal 14 beers so i i consider that a huge accomplishment for the band and uh good <laughs> they i don't think they paid us so you know yeah and it was it, like we played on their back porch and they had some old lady neighbor who would like come up to the fence and i forgot what she obviously was like turn it off like it's a wednesday afternoon or whatever um but we kept playing and i think we were the only band or maybe the people after us stopped or something but it was just a, it was awful it was a horrible experience but they were so into it because they were drunk and they were like oh you guys sound like stevie ray vaughn so let's <laughs> let's keep the party going yeah i think my my real answer though would have to be uh, about midway through tour, our only tour, or yeah, our only real tour, um, we were already exhausted and we played in this small college town in Mississippi um, called Hattiesburg. And there used to be a bar there called Nick's Ice House, RIP. Um, that was like the shittiest like biker type dive bar i've ever been to in my life i mean i'm sure if you're a student there you love it cheap beer all that but it was not the type of place that we really wanted to pull up and play a set at because we figured no one would give a fuck and so going into it we just didn't care and ended up playing probably the best set we've ever played just because we weren't nervous at all because we did not care at all at that moment and at one point they like brought us a, a bucket of beers filled with ice and that was like one of the that ended up being like one of the highlights of the tour uh just because we like i don't we just weren't making any mistakes like we just didn't care and people were super into it surprisingly and i think that place burned down um i think like a year ago maybe an insurance fraud thing i don't know wouldn't really surprise me but you know r.i.p nick's ice house shouts out hattiesburg mississippi
Hattiesburg, I'll... it's oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, just two quick things that are probably not going to be quick. Hattiesburg was um, Southern Miss, University of Southern Miss. And so I had a friend there and he was like, oh, play at this. And my friend can open up for you. And his friend was the president of the only frat at Southern Miss. And I think is like, I don't, I don't want to look into it, but he brought almost the entirety of Southern Miss to this like 10 person bar. Um, and the, I was so transparent with the owner, like, Hey, we have this guy opening up, but he got some like three 15 year olds to play like yeah. Nirvana <laughs> covers. And they as they were, it. they killed, they absolutely crushed it. Yeah. But as they were playing, like these hordes of srat and frat people started walking in and then um, the guy built his own like um, PA system and like had someone run the mixer like it was really it was super overdoing it um, and then after he got done before we allowed everyone to leave we just jumped on and started playing and it was great um, second story a bit that Kent does that I really hated I that, that now I like and I do yeah because he's you, yeah you bit off me yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's the funniest thing now, but it's anytime, anytime a bar has touch tunes, you can play songs from your phone. You just load credits. Um, so what Kent did and I, what he does now and what I do now, because it's so funny, is you go into the bar and you don't walk up to the jukebox. So all the old people behind the, um, the, the what's it, not a register, behind the counter, the, they don't the see anyone bar, put on the bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he plays music from his phone. So he played some really, really bad song, and the bartender was like, oh, I didn't see anyone put any music on, and I was like, that's not funny. And I think he unplugged the touch tunes because Kent did it so many times, and I that put me in a bad mood, yeah. too. I just I hated that so much. But now, there's a 45-minute-long touch tunes LCD sound system song that no matter where I go, I put it on because it just ruins <laughs> the mood for everyone, and it's, it's like 50 cents. Um, it's awesome. What were you saying, Tiff? Sorry. That was my story. <laughs> oh no. Damn it. Um, now I'm trying to think. I don't know. I guess like so Michael does do that. So I, I think I do remember like oftentimes we would like go to Waffle House or something afterwards. And I think Michael would put that on in Waffle House very frequently. Um man, you stole my bit. But yeah, so Hattiesburg was definitely the highlight um now i can't think of anything you, uh, um playing the bug house and then going to bobby kid's house right. afterwards that was sweet that was also really yeah. odd that was like a really weird vibe i was so uncomfortable but it was cool and nice um i think i was gonna say back to back with the best one probably like the not great one was new orleans but man we had a lot of fun in new orleans but that show like yeah. i don't I think there were like two audience members and it was just like, there were like five bands on the bill and we all just like played for each other. So this like giant, we were like, it was like a higher stage up and it was like this bigger venue. It was just bands playing for bands. Um, that was a time, but I do know that Kent and Michael did some really hot, hot sauce tasting in New Orleans. I remember that. Um, I think there's a video on the internet of it, um, which is really fun. But I just remember I got blackout drunk and I think it was me and Kent or me and Michael. I went with one of you guys to the, uh, 
what's it called? The 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 place with the gambling. The the casino. The casino. And we played with the slots and we just kept drinking. Um and then I got blackout drunk and it was a really cool yeah. Airbnb and it was a good time. Um, but then we played a horrible show. <laughs> I forgot about that because our drummer at the time was not 21. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't like a, you stand out, like it's your turn now. Um, but me and Ryan just walked around and like went up we to the highest buildings we could trying to have fun, but it was so awful. And I, you could just tell, um, I found the video, it's on my YouTube channel. It's a 23 minute long video of just things I took on tour. And this is kind of awesome. I forgot about most of these things. But yeah, that, that was awful for me. I hated that so much. And I had yeah, fun. I remember in that casino, like, yeah, that, there was like a couple that came up to us and like told us, hey, if you go to these like penny slot machines in the back, you can just keep like, like uh, idly playing like one, one cent every like few minutes. But then there's a menu on the, like the slot machine where you can just keep ordering free drinks. So we played like, I don't know, a dollar worth of slots and got like six drinks just sat there for like an hour. So that was, that was another highlight. I forgot about that one. So I went to Vegas for like the first time, probably like at this point, Oh, it was when I, I think right when I turned like around 25. So probably almost like six years ago at this point. And I like, I went with my dad, my dad's a bigger gambler than I am, so I was, I'm just sitting at a slot machine, and I'm like, okay, I've been chilling. I've, I need to get, like, a, a beer. Like, we, we had been drinking, like, while we're walking down the strip, um, which is always, like, a slightly weird depending on how your relationship is with your parents for everyone. And I'm like, okay, like, now I'm. it's also my birthday weekend. I'm going to let loose a little bit. So I was like, I'm going to go order, order rum and Coke. And I was, like, playing slots, and, like, the waitress came over. She took my order. And then she came back and I like handed her like some money and she's like, oh, she just basically like took the tip, but like didn't charge me for it. And I was like, I've unlocked a cheat code somehow. And I was like, all right, sitting at like every machine, just like making sure like I was like playing and then I could get like those free drinks. But yeah. at the same time that I was in, in Vegas, my friends were also there celebrating like their birthday. And we ended up being able to like meet up at a bar at one of the casinos and they're like hey we're, we're at this bar come meet us and i got there we ordered from the bar and had to pay and i was like dude we should just sat down at the slots they just bring that shit to you man it's cool Dang, you did find a joke yeah. that's yeah, awesome it was great it was, it was amazing if i was supposed to pay i have no idea because i didn't pay for no no they got you most of those they're yeah. looking at you though through those cameras you know yeah you gotta you gotta sell it you gotta be you know Touching the screen every once in a while. Just make yeah, sure they're like, this guy's already lost like ten bucks. We'll give him. A, <laughs> we'll give him this one. Don't worry about it. He needs it. Yeah. Uh, last year, my buddy got married, and before that, we went. You know, we had the, a bachelor party weekend, and you know, we went bowling, which was great because I went back to basically like, I, so I live in Minneapolis now. I'm originally from Iowa, um, and where we went bowling is a smaller town, so between bowling and drinks, I spent like a fraction of what I would even spend in like the twin cities to do that, which is amazing. Yeah. And then we end our night at the, at the casino. So like I'm hammered at this point. And my friend that's like with me 
while we're walking around the casino, he's like, I don't really, I don't really gamble that much. I was like, dude, it's not that bad. And I, I was so to a point that I just didn't give a shit that I, I put a 20 in the slot machine and just max betted hoping <laughs> that it would like do something. And I just ran through like 60 bucks super fast. And I just turned to him like, just don't do what I did and then you'll be fine. Uh, and then we all chipped in to the, to the bachelor. We all provided money to him. So we had like two, I think we ended up giving him like a hundred bucks to spend um on his own that we were all paying for he's like i'm gonna put it all on someone's might correct me for this they probably won't but i think he put it all on black on roulette he won uh he he won like a hundred bucks so he was up 200 bucks uh and then we were we like there's eight of us cheering in this one section of the of the casino that everyone thinks that this guy might have just won like 20 grand (laughs) he won a hundred dollars so he's up 200 and then we were like, okay, and we leave. We gotta go. Like we we there's no way we can top what just happened. We all have to leave. I that respect smart. that. Yeah. Yeah, that is smart. <laughs> you know, as as we start to like wind down, this has been a great, great time. I'm so happy that we found the time to to do this with, you know, living in three different time zones and, and setting this all up. And I really appreciate the three of you for for making this happen. Um, but I do like to leave the episodes on a high note. I know we're we're already you know we're laughing, we're having a good time. But um, my last question for the three of you uh, is: in your time with Camp Green Lake, what has been your favorite moment that you've experienced so far? Wow. That's so big. That's tough. That is a tough question. Well, everyone else thinks I'm going to scroll through our Instagram and try and, and figure out a good moment. Okay. Um, I will I also keep the silence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be cheesy and I'll say like, I don't know. I feel really grateful that these guys brought me into the band and I've made such good friends with them. And I think about um when we were all still in college and stuff and we would have so many mutual friends and like we would all end up at the same party and I would like feel so happy like oh like look there's like Kent and Michael like it would like make my night it would make me carry myself with more confidence and be like wow like I have friends here that like I know support me and like all of that so I think those moments of just like being able to look around the room and be like Oh, like there's Kenta Michael. It's just like a very warm feeling. So good answer. Good answer. That reminded me whenever um whenever we were a band, me, Kent, Zach, and Rhett, the um the older quad uh what's the word? The older band, doesn't matter. Um and we were talking to Tiff and junior college honor roll, and I think it was whenever Tiff started to play bass for us and we were like, yeah, we don't really hang out much. Like we write songs and sometimes we do stuff together, but like, it's not, not anything too special. And Tiff was like, that is so crazy because whenever they were in junior college honor roll, like band sessions, they were like, Camp Green, like always has fun together. They always feel like you're like their family in a sense. We need to start doing that. Like them as junior college honor roll. And I was like, there's, that doesn't make any sense. Like we, we don't hang out much outside of practice 
Um, but then transitioning to Tiff and then um, to everyone else that helped us make music and write music and record stuff. Um, and then especially us three and like this last time in Chicago together, it was like, that is what Tiff was thinking was happening with the old band, if that made sense. As in like in Chicago, we obviously did music stuff and we mixed and we mastered the album but it was like we just walked around Chicago and we had fun together and that's kind of what tour was but it was a lot more stressful um, because it was just seven days and I've never spent that long with these people before um, but just being around everyone and just hearing that Tiff had such good words and seeing that those good words are kind of now what the band is um, it, it is nice it's a good feeling Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I uh, said that choosing Chicago wasn't sort of just an excuse for us all to get together. Um, you know, obviously we did get the album mixed, but you know, it was it was nice to to all be somewhere together again. And I think that's especially with college bands, like a lot of times people just kind of go off and. Um, you know, start their life after college. So there there wasn't a guarantee that we would even hang out again, you know, once we all moved away. So that's been one of the the high notes is just like seeing our, our relationships with each other just continue on and, you know, being able to talk and it hasn't really declined at all, which is great. You know, I don't think that can be said for every you know college band a few years after everyone's moves yeah i i, I think i'd have to agree uh you know growing up near uh, college town the amount of uh i don't know if turnover is the right word but the amount of bands that would cycle through depending on on the years and stuff is is, is it's always crazy you know like you said people move on uh, you know, they're either there for just college and they're not originally from there. So they have to, at some point they end up moving back home or life takes them elsewhere. But it's nice to see that the, the three of you have, you know, kept in touch, kept us going, um, used, uh, you know, Chicago as a kind of like excuse to, to get back together, to kind of do your thing. Um, and I mean, I hope you find more reasons to get together and, and, or just toss ideas around. Like I can't stress enough. Um, like this, this has been a, a great album and I'm super stoked for the three of you now that it's out. Um, I hope everyone is finding it and it keeps enjoying it and, and it keeps building from there. Um, and you know, like it's been, it's been a great time, great conversation, a great Wednesday. Uh, I'm a little buzzed. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a sign that it's been a good time. Nice. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kent, you feel buzzed? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm <laughs> stumbling around over here. Um, now, I, I, I normally leave off with, with this as well, is uh, if anyone's looking for merch, music, or Camp Greenlake in general, where can they find it? I do have, like, a ton of Camp Greenlake stickers in my, like, sock drawer. So I can always mail them out to people who want them. Dude, I have, let me take a second. Sometimes my mic unplugs, but I have like infinite Camp Greenlake stickers because it was cheaper if you bought like 500 at once and maybe 20 people wanted them. 
Um, they're really good stickers. Dude, Michael, they're super. Michael, you designed yeah. them, right? Good quality. Yeah. I don't know if you can see the stack of stickers. Yeah. And then <laughs> this is one. It's guitar oh, pedals yeah, that sweet. say Camp Greenlake. And there was a point whenever uh, I just wanted to get rid of them. So I just sent them out to people. And I paid for postage and literally everything. Um, so again, if anyone who's listening wants one, then I guess Instagram might be the best way to connect. I'm very anti-social media um, when it comes to the band. But I guess Instagram, just message us. I have stamps. I have everything ready to go. So I guess that's the merch that you can have. Um, yeah. For connecting with us, again, just Instagram. Um, yeah, that's probably probably it. Yeah, uh, you guys do have a Twitter. Uh, I don't know how often you go into that, but if anyone's looking there, oh, I'm gonna redo that. Hold on, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> You're good. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> Cape Green Lake also has a Twitter, um, but like I normally say, depending on where you found this episode, whether it's you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, I guess Twitter or X or Threads, or you watch the YouTube version and got to see their lovely faces like I did tonight, make sure you check the description down below, hit those hyperlinks, go follow them on all the socials, be ready for hopefully you know new music coming soon, uh, go listen to Locale, go listen to um, everything else they have out because you know the, these, these three are killing it. Um, and you know, if you want stickers, hit them up. I know once this is done, I'm going to be talking to them about that and making some swaps. Uh, we'll make that happen. Um, but I mean, Michael, Kent, Tiffany, thank you. I can't stress enough. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your Wednesday to sit down with me. This has been a great time. I really do enjoy everything as much as I, uh, Michael, you, you know, you, you listen to a few episodes, you hear me say this all the time, like as much as I say this every time, I really do enjoy it. I've loved listening to it. And uh, I mean, this, I guess it's been a great time. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, thank you a lot. And I, for the YouTube listeners, I found three of these. If you can see what this is. Oh, wow. So if you want one. Let me know what this item is and you can have it. Because this was my favorite piece of merch that we ever did. And I didn't know that I had these, but there's there's quite a few in this box. So, um, yeah. yeah, just let me know. Uh, well, on that note, you know, that's going to end it for this episode. Uh, one last big thank you to Camp Green Lake for stopping by. Um, everyone, go dig your holes and I'll catch you on the next episode. See ya. Yeah, thanks. I'm waving. Bye. I tell myself this is all I need. Through prescription pill fueled lack of sleep. I feel like a stranger with the friends I've had for years. That's on me.
puts me at odds with what I need Force myself to come to terms with my own comorbid reality It's all the same Nothing new It's all the Drowning